Turn to Psalm 125 if you would like to follow along as we read. A song of ascents. Those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. For the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. As for such as turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord shall lead them away with the workers of iniquity. Peace be upon Israel. Father, I pray that you would open our hearts and our minds to your word here. And uh, Lord, help us to, um, Father, just bless you with our worship. Amen. So Psalm 125 is the next in the series of the Song of Ascents. So again, this is as the people are uh, going towards Jerusalem. And as we look at the first couple of verses again, those who trust in the Lord are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved, but abides forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. As again, as the people are going towards Jerusalem, they're seeing these mountains. And these verses on the surface tell us a couple of things. One, they tell us that you and I are uh, what we are like when we trust in the Lord. And the other thing they tell us is what the Lord is like when we trust in him. So the psalmist tells us, first of all, that when we trust in the Lord, we are like Mount Zion, immovable and abiding forever. Psalm 116.8 says, I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. And we've seen this before, that when we place our trust in the Lord, that the Lord is on our side. We are safe, we are secure, and you are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken and endures forever. First uh, Peter 2.6 says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will not, excuse me, will never be put to shame. Now, that cornerstone we know is Christ Jesus. And when we trust in him, we will never be put to shame. You know, many people drift in this life because they have no foundation. They have relativism or false doctrines. But when you build your life on Christ and his word, which is truth, you have an immovable foundation and are like Mount Zion, which cannot be shaken, but endures forever through faith in Christ Jesus. So verse 2 goes on, it says, As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forever. Mount Zion, again, was a, was a high and immovable mountain, but it was not the highest of the surrounding mountains. So verse 2 compares the surrounding mountains to God's protection. The Lord is not simply at your side, but he surrounds you on every side. I'm sure we all remember the uh, account of Elisha and his servant as they wake one morning and they find that the city has been surrounded by an army, by chariots. And, and the servant is, is nervous. And Elisha says to the servant, don't be afraid, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And of course, you know, the servant's 
wondering, well, there's two of us, Elisha. I'm not sure how your counting is working here. But Elisha prays and says, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. God's army was all around Elisha. And that's the same phrase that we have here, all around, in Psalm 125 too. He is, surrounds his people. We see it again in Psalm 34, 7, where it says, The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. John Phillips summed it up this way. He said, to get at Jerusalem, an enemy had to get past the mountains. To get at God's people, an enemy must first go through God. So verse 3 continues on. It says, for the scepter of wickedness shall not rest on the land allotted to the righteous, lest the righteous reach out their hands to iniquity. You know, this would have been, and frankly is, a cherished promise for the people of God, is it not? We all know Proverbs 29.2, when a wicked man rules, the people groan. There's a lot of groaning right now in our world. It seems that wickedness is reigning. But here we have a great promise, and it's specifically about the wicked. The present rule of the wicked will not last. We must not fret or be dismayed when we see that wicked tyranny is all around us. The world seems bent on trying to destroy the image of God in the womb, robbing from God's people through taxes and eminent domain, imprisoning his children for unjust causes, persecutions, martyrdom. The psalm promises us that that tyranny of the wicked will not last. They will not interfere with, the, with God's rule or his inheritance for his children. Evil is temporary, but good lasts forever. Charles Spurgeon said it this way, the saints abide forever, but their troubles do not. Amen. The wicked are being broken. They will no longer rule over that which God has reserved for his people. Our inheritance is kept safe and secure for us. But that's not all this says. He is keeping it safe and secure for us, but he is also keeping us for it. Again, as the power of the wicked is broken outwardly, on the outside, the power of sin in us is being broken right now. Those who trust in the Lord have a sure inheritance. Uh, West, Westminster Longer Catechism, question 79, says, or asks the question, May not true believers, by reason of their imperfections and the many temptations and sins they are overtaken with, fall away from the state of grace? And the answer comes through clearly. True believers, by reason of the unchangeable love of God and His decree and covenant to them, perseverance, their inseparable union with Christ, his continual intercession for them, and the spirit and seed of God abiding in them can neither totally nor finally fall away from the state of grace, but are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Praise the Lord 
for his sustaining grace and perseverance in our lives. Amen? So verse 4 says, it's, it, it transitions to a prayer, as it were. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good and to those who are upright in their hearts. Now, we all know when, when we are good, it is only by the grace of God. He saved us apart from any consideration of our good works, but he has saved us with the intention of having us walk in good works, Ephesians 2. So we were created for those good works, and those good works were created for us. We were saved for them, but not because of them. Okay? This psalm's prayer says those who are good. It's speaking of an actual, um, it's real. Our goodness is real in this case. And yet it's all by grace. For we have upright hearts that are only upright because of the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. So, again, with all of that being acknowledged, and there is a tension here, it is also true that we are called to walk worthy of our calling. Colossians 1.10 says that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. So may we walk worthy of his calling. He has called us out of darkness into a glorious light as we just sang. And that transforming of our dark hearts into upright hearts is solely by his grace. So may we bless him with our efforts. Charles Spurgeon said it this way, men to be good at all must be good at heart. Those who trust in the Lord are good for faith is the root of righteousness and the evidence of uprightness. So this next verse, this, the first part of this next verse gives us a direct contrast to that, however. But those who turn to crooked ways, the Lord will banish with the evildoers. Again, we need to note here that these people are looking for crooked ways. And next, they choose to follow those crooked ways, and then they make them their own. And then they turn aside from the truth. As they are turning to the crooked ways, they are turning away from the truth. These are people who knew the truth of God's word, but were not upright in heart, nor good nor trusting in Jehovah. When judgment comes, these hypocrites and apostates, if they continue in their apostasy, shall be led out to the same gallows as the openly wicked. Matthew 7 says it plainly, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So there's the direct contrast between those who are upright in heart and those who are not. But the psalmist finishes this with a great pronouncement of peace be upon Israel. God will answer that prayer. When the rod of the wicked is removed, and it is being removed, the great shepherd's own rod and staff shall comfort us. 
He is making his blessings known far as the curse is found. And we've just sang this and we just read this, but I'm going to read it again. Isaiah prophesied for us, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order it and establishment with judgment and justice from that time forward, even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Father in heaven, we thank you that you have, are, and will perform all of these promises for your own glory and for the good of your people. And as we come, Lord, to the table and we feast with you, we pray that you build our faith and make us more like Christ, who is the mountain, who is the rock, who has finished his perfect work, that we may be immovable in him. Amen.